God bless everyone. Shabbat Shalom. We are thankful to God for this blessed uh, special Sabbath day of prayer and praise. And I'm so honored to be a part of this. I greet you all with the peace of God. Miracles happen on the Sabbath uh, because, we're, because obedience always creates an atmosphere for the miraculous. I want to give a word of respect to Pastor West and to Pastor Wilson and to uh, uh, Sister Campbell and to all of the ministers and the evangelists, the teachers and the theaters and leaders in your respective places. And I'm honored to be, to be with you today. We thank God for the power of prayer. We thank God for the power of the word. We thank God for the power of praise. And I believe that in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of turmoil, I believe that in the midst of death and destruction, disease and famine, I believe in the midst of pandemics and tornadoes and hurricanes, I believe in the midst of racism and uh, hypocrisy and political, social, economic, and even religious chaos, and the list goes on. I believe in, in the midst of all of these things, God is still God. He is still good. His mercy still endures forever. He is still Yahweh. He is still Yahuwah. He is still Rofika, the Lord who heals. He is still Nisi, the Lord's banner of strength and deliverance. Yes, am I on? Wave to me. He is still the God who can take nothing and out of nothing he makes something. God is still God. And this is why we can trust him. This is why we are still on the planet Earth as the church. I want to draw, I'm drawn to a, a couple of verses coming from a very short psalm, Psalm 134. Psalm 134, and I have a few, few verses uh, on, my, on my heart uh, as, as I, um, as I take, uh, take very careful uh, consideration for the time that I have and asking God to bless the rest of uh, the ministry and everything that's going on today. But I want to draw your attention to Psalm 134. It's just three verses, and I'm going to read from the authorized version from the King James Version of the Bible. Psalm 134, and beginning with verse one. Behold, bless ye the Lord. This psalm is a type of, really the type of, a, it is the type of the church. Uh, it is a prophetic symbol of the church. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night, you should underline that, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. There is a type of the church right there. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, the psalmist says. There is also a type of the church, the sanctuary. And bless the Lord. The Lord, look at verse three, the Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. There are three things that I 
that I notice here that I think is very apropos and significant to the days in which we're living, the responsibility, the call of the church, and the uh, and an acknowledgement of God's great power. Again, I'm gonna I want to deal with three things. If I don't get to all three, because I'm gonna be careful with the time. If I don't get to all three, maybe I can get to it another time. But at least I'll give you the three points. What I notice here is a posture of prayer, number one. Number two, a perpetual praise. Number three, a proper perspective. I'm speaking to the church now. A posture of prayer, a perpetual praise, and a proper perspective. God has designed the church, the spiritual life of the church, to be a progressive life, a, a life that advances, a life that continues to move on down the spiritual road, a life of journey. Because the Bible says in Philippians chapter one and verse six, he that be, who hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. I love that word perform because it means a continual process. God is the one who began the work. God is the one who's continuing the work. And God is the one who will finish a work. It is a, a prophetic term. In the Greek, it is the word telos. It's where we get the word teleology. And teleology is the study of end results, which means, which means God in the midst of all that we're going through, in the midst of what we're dealing with, has a purpose, has an assignment, a mandate, a destination, a hope and a help for the church. He who began the good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Whatever God starts, you can be assured that he's more than qualified to finish it because God will never do a halfway job. God will go all out to accomplish what he has ordained. You know why, my beloved brothers and sisters? Because God pays for what he orders. And he has ordered you, he has ordered you, he has ordered you, and he paid a price for us that he did not owe because we had a debt that we could not pay. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but whatever it is, there must be an inward resolve and unshakable conviction that I have started with God and I'm going all the way. And one of the things that I love about where I am and where we are as the people of God is that we are a living spiritual organism the church, to be a part of the church is the most miraculous incident and event that anybody can be invited to partake of. And when we speak of the church, we're not just talking about the building. That's why we can have church on a platform like this. We're not just talking about the physical building and we're not just speaking of the denomination. We are speaking of the living, redeemed elect of God. The building is simply where the church meets. But the church in the, in the uh, Greek is the word ekklesia, ek meaning out, kaleo, to call, sia, ones. So the church in essence 
is an ingathering, good God from Zion, an ingathering of the called out ones, called out from death to life, spiritual slavery to spiritual freedom, called out from darkness to light, and called out from spiritual death to spiritual life. And all my beloved brothers and sisters, let me tell you something, if you've been through anything, I don't know how broken your heart may be or whatever difficulties you you face or the lost loved ones that you have experienced or looking at the condition of the world today, when you understand that you are a called out one, what does that mean? The church is an individual in whom God is present. Lord, have mercy. That's a miracle right there because in this broken clay vessel, still subject to frustrations, still subject to make mistakes, still subject to weaknesses, still subject to the ups and downs of life. And yet God has chosen our bodies to live in us even before we get a new body. And I'm going to tell you something, whenever you have a revelation, whenever you have an understanding, whenever you have a holy insight of being a called out one, you will worship God, you will pray to God. You will glorify God. You will commit. You will forgive. You will love. You will adore the Lord with an intensity that a lot of people may not understand. You know why? Because you can't appreciate where I am unless you know where I've been. Now, listen, it's not every, we don't need, everybody doesn't need to know all of the details of our experience, but I'm going to tell you something. If you know that God has brought you out of something, didn't leave you hanging in spiritual limbo, but brought you into the kingdom of God, where, where his name and his authority is stamped on your forehead, guess what? You don't need anybody to push your button or to provoke you or to plead with you or to prod with you. It is an automatic, systematic, remote control response. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I just can't help myself. I mean, you may not be able to understand, but I can't help myself. Even when there's nobody else pushing me in the back, I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me in the back. And I'm just kicking it right down where the rubber meets the road because we're human. There are times we want to give up. And even when we hear the promises of God, our wounded emotions and our struggles in life will attempt to object to the promises of God. But then the Holy Ghost rises up and he says, objection overruled. I am God and there is nothing impossible to me. I have taken you out of one place and put you into another. Don't you think like Job that I don't know that in every detail of what's happening in the world or what's happening in your life, the emotional faculties that you cannot even express. I know all about it. And when you don't even know how to tell somebody else about it, when you don't know how to lay it out, sometimes you don't know how to communicate. You come against a linguistic log jam. I don't know how to tell it, but thank God for the Holy Ghost, who is our inward intercessor and prayer warrior. He knows what you're trying to say. So if all, if all you have is a sigh and a moan and a groan, he picks up on that and he begins to develop it into a prayer life. 
That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, when you don't know how to pray as you ought, thank God we're not by ourselves. When you don't know how to pray according to each detail, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I'm so glad that my Father God, I'm so glad that the Holy Ghost understands the unspoken language of the redeemed of his children. And that's why we need to give voice to pray because we're not doing it by ourselves. We need to give voice to the power of prayer because we're not doing uh, doing it by ourselves. And and the question the question becomes beloved, why did God uh, leave us on earth as the church? Because the church is called to be the demonstration of the mighty power and glory of God. Whenever you talk about the glory of God, you're not just talking about a subject you're talking about a verb that God does. And oh, just I just believe that we're living in an hour. It's one of the most darkest hours in history. But even as Isaiah prophesied, he said, arise and shine for thy light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Let me tell you something. I It, it seems as though I can hear the voice of the spirit of Yahweh saying that in the midst of all of the destruction and the death that's going on, I will not allow a fallen creation or the devil to outdo my mighty hand. I just need a people because he said, I sought, I God, I Yahuwah, I Yahweh, I the covenant name, I am that I am, sought for an individual that would have guts enough to stand in the gap and make up the hedge because the devil would like us to think that he's really fully in control of all this kind of stuff because every time you turn on the news, there's something else bad happening, some, some other murder, some other thing that emanates death and destruction. But I got news for you. He who began the good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's not over until it is over. And the question becomes the fact that I, we woke up this morning Maybe you had to negotiate with your back or your knees, but thank God you got up. Somebody said, well, I can't praise God really right now because I got up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm a little bit frustrated and irritated. You better be glad that you woke up. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made because only God can make a day. And so praise has nothing to do with feeling. Praise has to do with fact. He woke me up this morning and started me on my way. And if it had not been for God's grace, his unmerited favor and his mercy, his unfailing love and his restraining orders and his protective custody to protect me, where would I be? See, I don't know about my other beloved ministers and pastors and leaders, but when I look back over my shoulder, the only thing I can take credit for are mistakes. Oh my God from Zion, but I look up and I behold an oasis and a garden of plenty. Oh, and it's called grace and mercy. So what else can I do? My praise is no longer horizontal, it's vertical because that's where my help comes from. Woo. And so I have to, you don't mind if I tell, I'm going, I'm, I'm going fast because I have a limited amount of time, but you don't mind if I give God some thanks. I like what the evangelist said today in leading us 
in praise and worship. She said, if you want God to come, you got to worship him. There's a secret there. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of Israel. The Hebrew would mean God inhabits the praises of his people. Well, guess what? I'm his people. You're his people. And when you let the high praises, what does that mean? You don't wait till you feel like it. You don't wait till the battle is over. You don't wait till the victory comes. You're prepped to do it right now because God is living in me and his presence is all around us. But there are times when you need to just glorify God and throw up a highway, throw up a highway of praise, throw up a highway of praise. So God comes down that highway and makes a way where there is no way. The people of this planet Earth, of America, of the islands of the seas, right there in Jamaica with you, pastor, he's looking for, uh, somebody is looking for us to show up. The world is crying out to see what we say we saw. They're looking to see this God that we're preaching about with whom all things are possible. Let me just take one more minute. So notice here, behold, bless ye the Lord. Behold, bless ye the Lord. Now, what does that mean? This this whole, this one little psalm is what is called a, a, a privilege psalm, a, a, a pilgrimage psalm. A pilgrimage psalm in your King James, it will say a song of degrees. Other translations will, will say a song of ascents. It means to go higher. So it was a pilgrimage song because they, step by step, they were on a journey to the temple where they would sacrifice, where they would give praise to God. And each step of the way, notice he was saying, we would bless the Lord. And so it is a liturgy of all night prayer. Study this on your own time, please. A liturgy of all night. Listen to how I'm saying it, because notice the mention of the word night. A liturgy of all night worship and intercession. In other words, they didn't stop. So the priests and the Levites would serve in the temple at all hours of the day and night. And the evening duties included keeping the lampstand lit. Did you get it? Keep the light on. Keep the sacrifices burning. Did you hear it? Keep the fire burning. And don't it don't let don't ever let it go out. And then as well as guarding the gates, guarding the gates. And I heard the, I heard the evangelist mention this song, which which is a key in a ticket for us, because Psalm 100 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's my access code? What's my entrance into the presence of God? Praise enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And so this psalm may have been a dialogue between the people who were leaving because they were serving and the people who would remain, who would remain on post at night. And I like this idea because he was saying, guard the temple even at night. The pagan temples didn't have service at night because their God, had to take a rest. Ooh, but we serve a God that never sleeps, nor does he slumber. So he was telling them, as we're leaving, praise the Lord, you continue to bless the name of the Lord. Why? Because the God we serve never sleeps and never slumbers. Yahweh does not cease to work simply because it is nighttime, because the Lord works the night shift. I'm about to jump out my seat right now. 
He works the night shift. You know what that means? It doesn't matter how dark it is in the world. God is still working and still moving. And he is not going to let the devil outdo what he does. Oh, in the midst of this pandemic, so many lives have been lost. But I'm telling you right now that God is going to raise up potential sons and daughters of God who would believe the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the spirit of God will live in them. Live in them. This is not a time for giving up. It is a time for going on. It's not a time for being weak. It's a time for being strong. And even if you have to do it through your tears, do it. To bless the Lord is to acknowledge the Lord as the source of all blessing, not a resource who can help you with a particular thing, but the source who can help you with everything. Baruch Hashem. Adonai, bless the name of the Lord. And so now I'm not doing it in order, but I'm doing it as I guess the Holy Ghost is flowing. So notice a perpetual praise. I started with the posture of prayer, but a perpetual praise. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. In other words, when I praise the Lord, you don't see what's going on in the spirit world. But when we praise the Lord, see, our lips need to catch up with praise because so much has happened in the church that we forgot that the book of Acts had some key powers. The name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost, and the power of prayer. And when the apostles showed up and started praising God and praying, the political leaders said, oh, no, here comes these these apostles who have turned the world upside down. Listen, church, that's the message of the church. That's the call of the church. Not that we should be authenticated by the world, but we're here to change the world as much as it can before the son of man cracks the eastern sky. We have turned the world upside down. And that's what the call of the church is. So you continue to bless him because God is working day and night. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He is continuing to work. So why not give him praise and say, thank you, Lord. You are good for your mercy endures forever and praise you uh, because there's none like you and none beside you. And we worship you in the beauty of holiness because you are holy holy again and holy again. And so to bless the Lord is to acknowledge the Lord as the source of all blessing. A posture of prayer is what Paul said throughout his letters, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that every second we're saying, Lord, 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 Lord. It just means we're always in a posture of prayer that no matter what's going on, we can call on him wherever we are. A posture of prayer, i give you one witness. Philippians chapter four, verse six and following. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about one single thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will keep your heart in mind. What is he saying? Uh, uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. It is the Greek word pros uke which means even before we ask, pros means face-to-face in UK is a kind of worshipful prayer. So even before we uh, ask him, we create sacred space with our praise. 
That's the beauty of, of gathering together on the Sabbath because it is a sacred time. And, and Jesus performed so many miracles and, 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 and miraculous events on the Sabbath. And so we can call on his name and give him thanks. We create that sacred praise. We create that sacred space. And then we can supplicate for that, for, from that position. We can ask God in detail for what, for what we need. Uh, and so, um, and so then we have finally, uh, a proper perspective. So notice real quick, I'm going fast because I'm not even sure what time it is, but I'm gonna take one more minute. Uh, behold, bless ye the Lord back in Psalm 134, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. God is working the night shift. He's working for you day and night. Even when you sleep, he's not sleeping. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Notice that because it is a it is a it is, it is a kind of surrender. So notice, I lift my hands like this. This is this is some of the Hebrew words of praise. I lift my hands like this, not like this. I unclench my fist because whatever I can't handle, whatever I can't deal with, I'm no longer going to hold on to it. I'm going to let it go and let God. So I'm surrendering. I'm acknowledging Him as the glory of God, and then I turn my hands inward. This is also a Middle Eastern kind of praying. I'm in, a, I'm in a receptive mode because when we pray, we don't just present the problem, but we also, as the uh, flyer says, we also have a, a posture of expectancy. God is going to do what he did, what he said he would do. So we're in a receptive mode. I'm ready to receive what you're going to, what we already prayed about. And then the proper perspective is verse three, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless you out of Zion. So he said, let me acknowledge who God really is. And then I'm going to give you a benediction because bless thee out of Zion, bless you out of the place you're worshiping. And, and in the Hebrew, it means each individual one. So bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, pastor, bless you, sister, bless you, evangelist. Bless you, anointed servant. Bless you, intercessor. Bless you and you over there. You to my left, you to my right. Bless you. In fact, bless everyone. How are you going to do that? Because the God that we serve, I got one verse, Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God. The most powerful words in the whole Bible. In the beginning, God. And guess what? You can't get older than the beginning. So in the beginning, God was present before pandemics. God was present before tornadoes. God was present before earthquakes. God was present before uh, before racism. God was present before death and destruction. And what it means is Elohim. You know what Elohim is? The God who takes nothing and out of nothing, he makes something. The God that I serve can hold the heavens in one hand and hold the earth in another and mediate between the two. He can be God in the heavens, but become a human being on earth to identify with us. Good God. So Lord, we want to thank you. Help your church today to remain in a posture of prayer, to remain in a perpetual praise, to remain in a proper perspective that you are God all by yourself. You are the God who can take nothing and out of nothing, you make something and you make everything. So we join our voices with the unending hymn of praise sung by angels and archangels 
principalities and powers, thrones and dominions, the many-eyed cherubim and the six-winged seraphim covering their faces and their feet, flying to one another, singing and declaring that you are holy. The whole earth is full of your glory. We join our voices with the unending hymn of praise, with, with, even in the paradise of God, where the Sabbath never ends. And we say with the angels of God and the 24 elders around about the throne, we say with the cherubim and the seraphim, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Worthy is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And we thank you, God, that as a consequence of our worship, in the sequence of our worship, we thank you for speaking to us from the outer court, from the inner court, and from the most holy place. We thank you for feeding us with the food and the milk, the water, and the wine of your word. Because the entrance of your word gives light. And we pray that your knowledge would fill the earth even as the waters cover the sea. We call the greatness, we call the, the uh, this whole nation before you, Father. And we use... Um, the words of, of Abraham and Daniel and, uh, and Joseph and David and Solomon, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then we will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. The one thing we can call upon God is your mercy because your mercy endures forever. Have mercy upon this nation in every segment of this nation in the midst of pandemics in the midst of communities turning in on themselves, in the midst of violence, in the midst of hopelessness, Lord. Let your ministering angels prevail. Let the truth of your word prevail. Let your Holy Ghost prevail. Let your anointing prevail. Let your glory prevail, O oh God. O oh, Father God, let your word echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let your magnificent name soar upon the heights of the Himalayan mountains, upon the shores of Sri Lanka and the islands of the seas, including Jamaica and Barbados and St. Thomas and St. Croix and Trinidad and wherever human beings are. We pray that you would send labors across the across this path in this worldwide harvest field, that you would remove the blinders that the God of this world has blinded uh, my, their minds with, and that you would interrupt those influences to keep those blinders in place so that men and women, boys and girls across the four corners of this earth, uh, uh, Father God, would come to know you uh, in the power of true spiritual salvation. Lord, Mozambique, the continent of Africa, Asia, between uh, the, 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 uh, the isles of, of Europe and everywhere, God, send your word, send your salvation, send your deliverance. We pray that you would stay the plagues, disrupt the acts of terrorism. Oh God, we call upon your name in the midnight hour. Come and flow, Holy Ghost, by your anointing and by your power, and thank you for deliverance. And even for everyone that's on the platform today, I pray that you would send your healing power, touch and deliver in Jesus' name. Thank you for anointing Pastor Wilson and Pastor Wes and all those who will have a part to play in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry if I went over my time. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 Amen.